Hello all, welcome to the Consistently OK podcast, a podcast where we dive into all things pop culture related from comics to films and everything in between. My name's Luke. I'm Nick. Join us every week for a podcast that doesn't set its far too high or too low, but rather keeps it at a consistently OK level for your enjoyment. You can lead it. No, I'll start. All right, I'm not going to say what I'm not going to say. Hello, everyone. So here we are with our latest podcast. And with today, we are going to talk about the Snyder Cut. And I am joined, as always, by Nick. Hello. A very special guest in Harry. Hello, Harry. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, splendid. Splendid. Yeah, just ready for some chat. Excellent. For sure. And Nick, how are you? I'm all good, mate. You know, same old, same old. Um, I've got to tell you, by the way, just because we talked about Scott Snyder a couple of podcasts ago, got the Noctera PDF sent through today on the oh, Kickstarter. Yeah, I don't know if you got it as well. Um, no, I, no, I haven't got it. It's, it's. I've only, I've, I've tried to like pace myself with it because I thought I don't want to read it all digitally. I, I want to read it as a physical. Um, yeah. And so. I just read like the first couple of pages. The art's awesome. Story's really cool. It's also interesting to hear Scott talk about how he formatted the script. Wow. So yeah, so I'm quite excited for that to arise. Nice. Um, I haven't checked actually. Maybe it is. Uh, which, I assume they sent it to everyone. Unless Scott just sent right. it to me, you know. It's likely. He probably left the podcast. <laughs> Personal <there>. message. <laughs> yeah. No, nice. Did you say it was, you got a preview? Uh, yeah, so he did, he did a book on Kickstarter and, because they've sort of uh, finished the Kickstarter now, they sent the PDF of the book through. Oh, so you've got the whole book? Yeah. So oh, nice. Yeah. Fair play. Like it. God, we, love it. we love our Snyders, don't we? Oh, yes. <laughs> Good. Got Good leading. Good nice. leading. <laughs> Almost like it were planned. <laughs> um, before we do jump into it, though, Harry, as you're yes. new to the podcast, people might not know who you are. So introduce yourself. Right. My name is Harry. <laughs> good. Um, what 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 do people want to know? Um, your name is Harry Snyder. My name is yes. My name is Harold of House Snyder, <laughs> and I shall be joining the podcast today to discuss my father, Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, no, um, I don't know what to what to tell people. I guess I know. I've known Luke and Nick for a long while now keen avid listener of the podcast and very up for sharing my opinion on this topic i guess yeah I, i'm glad of the invite i will say at this point as well i have listened to all the episodes thus far and i'm thoroughly enjoying them as well so good stuff <laughs> fellas you. i thought you were about to go i've listened to all of them and i do have some critiques so here we go <laughs> yeah, i have a list <laughs> with me. number one if i can have just 10 minutes of your time <laughs> Well, you're also a very talented artist, Harry. You did not mention that in your introduction. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, as, as well, I dabble in the dark arts. Um, <laughs> so there's that also, yeah. <laughs> but yes, more so keen to discuss Zack Snyder's Justice League, or uh, which hasn't come out yet. Oh, also, as well... Hello. Well, I realise it has it has come out, hasn't it? Well, ooh, <laughs> controversial. <Ish. laughs> <Nick? it> <laughs> <laughs> well, fifty-fifty, right? But no, um, I was going to say, like, we're we're like on the ball recording this, but we're like going to be a few weeks behind when this is released, or a week behind? Two weeks. Is this, is this two weeks. So, two weeks. Right, yeah. Okay. So we were we are recording this on the eighteenth of November, and it will 
be two nice. weeks from today. Whatever you said that, that then, like you didn't know, you like made up <laughs> that we were recording on that day. <laughs> like <laughs> well, we're just, recording I, on the eighteenth <laughs> of November. <laughs> oh, we can. If it was wrong, we can go back, right, Nick? We can edit yeah. that shit. Yeah, yeah. We can edit yeah. that out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. two weeks from now, this will be going out. So who knows where we'll nice. be future when this is released <laughs> i don't know either i might be long gone <laughs> i don't say that you gotta stick around you got miles morales to play that's true yeah, yeah. and um, some slow motion zack snyder films what more hey. could you want <laughs> okay so let's, let's start first of all i think a good starting place to be would be let's discuss briefly our thoughts on man of steel considering that's the start of what is dubbed as the snyderverse mm-hmm. so luke you go first man of steel i liked man of steel i really like the score to man of steel i i wish i don't know i mean, i really enjoyed man of steel when i saw it at the cinema i've enjoyed it the couple of times i've seen it since i thought Henry Cavill was a great choice for Superman and he, his Superman take made the film. I liked. I really liked the way you said Henry Cavill. Is that not how you say it? No, I just, I've I've just thought it was Henry Cavill, but Cavill sounded great. Maybe maybe it isn't. (laughs) Classically trained actor. Let's note down where to make the edits, possibly on the date (laughs) and possibly on Henry's name. No, I love it. Keep it in. (laughs) Nick keeps everything in. All of my stuff. I did a high pitched giggle on the last podcast. That's that's the end. I think I just said said podcast as well. That'll stay in. Oh my god! I'm now going to make an active effort to say Cavell every time. Every time. <laughs> I'm just going to say Henry. Henry. I thought Henry was very good as Superman. <laughs> and this is degenerating yeah, so fast. <laughs> I I really liked it. So although I'm probably going to badmouth Zack Snyder a little bit towards the end of this podcast, I liked. I really enjoyed Watchmen. I really enjoyed. I actually liked Sucker Punch as well. So I had high hopes for Man of Steel. And when I watched it, I thought, yes, it's really good, really good film, really good superhero film. Because that was, was that the first DC film after the Dark Knight trilogy? No, think, was it out during? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Dark Knight Rises 2012. So then yeah, I, was It was definitely after Dark Knight Rises because when I went to see Rises, the trailer, oh, the trailer. Yeah. dropped yes and that's true it was amazing it was yeah it hands was. down actually best trailer my favorite film trailer of all time like, yeah and i i'm not even mad that they robbed uh the the theme from bridge of Doom where gandalf dies um it fit it fit so perfectly so yeah epic that, that, that's just a little insert for you there but yeah. carry on luke <laughs> i liked it i really i really enjoyed it i still i think it holds up now i had I did not give a shit about the ending where everyone was losing their marbles about everything that went down with the buildings being crushed and Zod and everything. I thought it worked really well. It got pretty well reviewed, didn't it, overall? I think it was okay. I think it was sort of... I don't think it was like a a five-star across the board. I think it was... Didn't it struggle because it didn't have Superman in the title? Yeah, there was like a, a thing that came out afterwards that they said they wondered if box office struggled because it wasn't called something yeah. just because it happened. Yeah. I, lo- I love the fact it was called Man of Steel. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was yeah. great, especially Same. after Superman Returns before and everything. I thought it was yeah. nice just to have that because obviously you could build two 
Superman, couldn't you? Could be yeah. Man mm-hmm. of Steel, something else, and then Superman. Superman but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I generally I love the way it was shot. Though obviously I'm, I don't mind the slow motion stuff really. I just <laughs> it's more about the trailers that every trailer that he's released with this has been. They're very dramatic, aren't they? They're very dramatic. dramatic. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll cover that as well. But yes, I enjoyed Man of Steel. There's not much more. I've I've got nothing negative to say about it anyway. And I generally thought that was going to be the the step forward that the DCU, or the start of it, I thought that was such a good... You know how Iron Man was really good for the MCU? Even though at that point you didn't really know where it was going to go. And then it was kind of followed by Incredible Hulk, which was 50-50. And then Thor, which was... I really enjoyed Thor, but wasn't overly like loved by many. But I thought Man of Steel and then everything that came after that was going to be a success. Yeah. So it was a good starting point. Okay. What did you think? Harry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was really good as well. Like carrying off from what you said about the um, enjoying it not being called Superman. I really enjoyed how the film does that as well throughout like there's no it's not like any he gets titled superman doesn't he there's it's like a it's a like a um, delayed thing yeah. so i remember in one of the early trailers as well there's like the what does the s stand for and then lois lane says well she goes to say superman or something and it gets cut off by like a the interview room mic thing so there's like a load of really classy little nods to him being called superman but i don't think anyone i recall I don't think it's said until it's like a newspaper thing, is it? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if it's in Man of Steel. Is it like said? It, it might yeah. not be until Bat Soups. Doesn't, uh, yeah. doesn't Morpheus say it? Morpheus. <laughs> Morpheus. <Yeah. laughs> nice. uh, I don't know. I ain't yeah. saying anyone else's name wrong, so I'm not going to call him by his accent. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah. Throw it out. No. I'm not going down that, that road. Just <laughs> dodging that bullet. Lorenzo yeah. Fishburne. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's his name, right? Yeah, that's the one. But I thought he said it. Doesn't he say that in Man of Steel? Or is that later? I feel do. like if, they, if it's said, it's like a, it's a passing comment. It's not like, oh, that's Superman. Like, it's, it's not like a, he's not titled it. It's almost like a, a tabloid thing. If, if I'm right, I feel like it is that way. But yeah, no, that side. I thought it was great and it comes from as well from the angle that I I've never been a big Superman fan as well so that's probably oh, saying I, a lot. I haven't either I haven't been a huge yeah. fan all the comics and stuff that I read Superman is rarely on my go-to yeah. aisle um, it's I'm more I've gravitated yeah. towards it I feel like I always thought as well and this is probably through lack of like reading a load of material there was there was one I read that you showed me Nick at one point it was like a it's cut very similar to the Snyder Superman, but it's. Um, I always thought with Superman he was just way too overpowered. There just never seemed to be anything, and his his weakness was a rock. So it was kind of like I I felt no connection with it. With like whereas a lot of other like heroes and stories have like a relatable element. And it wasn't until I read. I'm hoping you can help me out here, Nick. The the one you showed me. <laughs> I I can't narrow this down. Uh, yeah, you've heard a few one. over the years. It was. The cover is like a young Superman. Is it year one? No. Year one. No. Yes, year one. Superman year one. It covers him with like a hoodie on. Yeah. And he's like opening one. his shirt. Yeah. Earth one. That. Earth. Oh, yeah. Earth one. Uh, that yes. Earth one rings about. Yeah, it is Earth one because yeah. year one was the one with Frank Miller. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I genuinely think that was probably the actual first Superman thing I read, like front to back, I think, which is bad, right? But it was one of the only times I've read it and been like, oh yeah, he is like a human being. And then the film presented it the same way. So like all the other Supermans that I've, Supermans, Superman films, or like properties, I've just never really been invested because I'm like, oh, he's, he's just too powerful. He fly, of course he flies super fast. He can stop a plane. He's a legend. He can fly into the sun and out, whatever. I was really like, annoyed by him more than anything. But then the presentation of Snyder's one, I was like, yeah, I feel, I feel for this guy. Like, especially like the early scenes in the film where he is just like, just being shit on for his whole life. And it's just like, man, this is, this is miserable. It's not fair. And yeah. like, I loved the like little justices in the film. <laughs> oh, see what I did there. Oh. Uh, where, where like, uh, that guy like starts on him in the bar and like tries to push him, just nothing. And then ends up going back up to his truck and it's been smashed to bits. Cause it's, it's kind of like things like that where you're like, oh man, that is exactly what I would do if I was in that scenario. Cause you can't exactly just crush a man who fights you because let's <laughs> yeah. be honest, it's pathetic. The guy's like, not, can't even touch you. But you like when he's like poured his drink on him and like been rude, man, the amount of times that like, people have been rude to me in the jobs I've worked and I've been like, I would love to go out and just smash the shit out of your car with trees. Like, <laughs> That it's so relatable. I'm like, yes, I get it. And like, have you have you, have you tried to lift up a tree? If I if I told you, I might get in a lot of trouble with the okay. uh, local law enforcement. <laughs> so I cool. can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> damaging property with trees. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was great, and I loved I loved uh, like you say the ending loop as well, where like it's kind of like a realistic super fight where like everything gets destroyed i was that's like, the thing yeah, isn't it legit. Not, what it's a super fight isn't it it's like yeah i remember the same thing with like age ultron which has obviously they played on later mm. in the mcu with the with the accords and everything but mm. just if, if aliens are going to come and attack you and there's a big fight you're not going to tiptoe around buildings are that's you it. yeah you for sure things are going to people are going to get hurt and although we'll go into the link between that to batman versus superman at the beginning Mm-hmm. was perfect oh amazing yeah we'll, we'll yeah. talk but, about but yeah the, the the ending as well the other part i really liked as well was uh the, the kryptonite thing i never i was never a huge fan of the rock being a weakness it just seemed a bit bizarre and like, that's just like my mind it wasn't like a oh i hate rocks or anything it just in my head it seemed like a really pointless at the time when i was younger i remember looking at it thinking oh okay i'm sure but like in the film as well, it kind of it eased me into like liking the Kryptonite thing a bit more when it came into Batman vs Superman because his weakness in the first one isn't a rock; it's his home atmosphere or whatever, isn't it? Because it doesn't make him weak; yeah. it just makes him return to being yeah um, what it what he yeah. would be on Krypton, which is just human. So I was like, that's cool. And then when they made it made the link with the Kryptonite, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. So yeah, a big fan basically. Yeah, huge That's fan. Good. I'm much the same. Yeah, enormous fan of it, and I still watch it now, and it still kind of gives me the same feelings I had when I first saw it in IMAX. Like I'm pretty sure when I first saw it as well, I saw it with my brother on like the day of release with I think one of his mates, and we went for like the earliest screening in IMAX. It was it was just first in, kind of have to see this thing, and yeah. It, the thing were that, you first in uh pr- probably like front of the queue <laughs> probably i was like give me it um <laughs> the thing that i think still holds with me now that i think every time i rewatch it is they managed to put superman under a lot of pressure 
in the sense that he has to make a lot of decisions in a short space of time while under extreme circumstances. And I think that's always the, the interesting thing to do with somebody who is so overpowered in that he has to make the decision about destroying the ship with Zod on it, which will ultimately mean that his, his people will never exist again. And he makes that decision on the fly because he chooses humanity. And then it's down to him and Zod and it's Zod literally puts him in a position of like, I'm either going to kill some of your newfound family or you kill me and end the Kryptonian bloodline kind of thing. Like you'll be the only one. And that's the, the thing that I think is always really good about Superman as well is when you hone in on the idea that he is ultimately always going to be on his own. When you, when I've like read Superman, the interpretations I love is where they kind of go, there is nobody else quite like him. I mean, there's Supergirl, obviously, but until he finds that out, he's ultimately just, he's never going to relate in the same way to humans as he does to, to his own kind. So I love that they pitched it like that. And I thought that was, I, I never understood the criticism against it other than I get that for people who are, massive superman fans who want him to just be this symbol of hope and good at all times but i honestly think it's hard to do that after what christopher reeves did with superman i think he did that so well that had to be a different take didn't it had to be yeah you've got to go down a completely different road and i think what they did with man of steel is the right angle i think it just wasn't the superman that certain people wanted to see again it's like a comic book it's just if that's the interpretation you don't like, then you just move on and you accept that you've got an interpretation you do like. So yeah, so Man of Steel for me, I just think is, is really, really good on all fronts. I think the, his relationship with Jor-El is really good. And I think the relationship with Jonathan Kent's really good. I think the oh, dialogue... Kevin Costner, man. Yeah, yeah, Kevin like, Costner. yeah. Stuff. that's my favourite casting in the whole film. Like, hands down. Kevin Costner so to good. play his dad. Oh, I know that Everything he says... Better shit as well the, the scene where he dies i know loads of people rip on it but i think it's mm. really acting that it's the the last thing like the whole film is all about superman and clark kent kind of finding home in humanity and accepting that this is his home now and the the moment of his dad just going like don't risk what you're building to save me like accept that death is just part of us being human so I don't want you to come and save me. I just think it's one of the most noble acts you could do. And it, it sets up that entire arc for Superman. I uh, think it just, I think with that dad scene, when he does die, I think it's just, I think most people just hated the way he died. I think even for me, I didn't mind it necessarily. And I thought it was very well acted, but I think another situation, people wouldn't even really thought twice about it as much, but because because there's so much going on in that scene that the idea that he probably could have got there and saved him and not many people would have seen what had happened. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's the tornado, isn't it? At the time. That's it. Yeah. Everyone's hiding and ducking and covering and there aren't a lot of people, there aren't loads of eyes on the situation. Whereas if it was in like a city center and buildings were collapsing, there was cameras everywhere. uh, It would probably be more like, don't like, don't do it. But I think that's Mm -hmm. where, I remember when I saw it first time, I was like, I think he could have, I think he could have saved him. But does it not then, <laughs> on the flip side of that, does it not then make it more poignant in some way that the character of Jonathan Kemp was like, don't risk it even though, even though that you're more likely to save me, don't risk what you've got. Don't. Well, yeah, I mean, at, at that now. point, 
at that point he doesn't know he's going to become Superman, does he? He doesn't have he yeah. he wants him just to be human, doesn't he? So yeah. I think he, you're right. Is if he if he does it that time that that if he if he's strong enough to not go and save his dad for everything they've worked hard for, then he'll hopefully grow up and realize that to keep to keep himself safe and normal and have a life, he wouldn't do it in the future. But obviously, he goes down a completely different path anyway. So yeah. Jonathan did it for nothing, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, you, did you think Michael Shannon's here's Zod? That's a, that's a great bit of casting Amazing. as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. The whole Michael Shannon's strong. great in editing. Yeah. And this, the, there's that scene early on where like he's frothing at the mouth. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like arrested and then gets super irate about finding Superman. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cal. He's literally yeah. this spit come out. Oh, but I, I love that scene. That's one of my favourite scenes in the film when he's so angry. And you actually yeah. feel like, yeah, this guy's just, he's pissed off for, I mean, that's sort of oh. he gets killed as well, isn't he? Because he's so helped his, his plan or what he wants to do yeah. is so, he's not, he's going to be unstoppable, isn't he? And yeah. I think if you'd done something, like put him in the Phantom Zone or something, it's just, again, it's been done, hasn't it? So it had to be something different. Different, yeah. Because we've had the goody two-shoe Superman, in a way. It's the same with Batman, isn't it? You went from the Tim Burton Batman to something completely, utterly ridiculous, like the George Clooney Batman. <laughs> what are you talking about? That brings you... He gave us Mr. Freeze. Arnie. <laughs> The thing that George Schumacher Batman, and then um, uh, Bane with the bombs. Come it's on, good. it's all good, really. I'm just, I'm just trying to appeal to the masses. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's deep, dreadful. Deep down, so it's just so terrible, right, guys? <laughs> so Waiting terrible. on camera. <laughs> but then you get the Dark Knight Batman, and now you're getting another take on Batman as well, a younger Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne thing. So yeah. you know, if they want to do the after this. If when it gets rebooted eventually again, it will be a different take on Superman, won't it? And they'll probably think, right, this one's not going to kill anyone and mm, yeah. all that stuff. So I think the whole film, in my eyes, was a success based on I wanted something different. I wasn't a huge Superman fan, like Harry said as well. Mm. And I think this film made me more of a Superman fan. Yeah, for sure. And a bigger Henry fan. <laughs> Henry Cavell. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, so... Uh, moving on, a couple of years, we get Batman versus Superman, and we get initially a theatrical version, and then a little later on we get a director's cut. Thoughts on on both thoughts on the first time you saw it, and then thoughts on when you watch the director's cut. I I was really excited about Batman versus Superman. It's one of those films, and I think DC do this so annoying it's so frustrating because their trailers are always apart from the recent snyder cut trailer their trailers <laughs> are always so good and they get me so excited about the film like batman for superman when i saw that first trailer i was like holy shit this is was that the the one with the sorry is that the the do you mean the one with the uh back signal thing the little teaser yeah. it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. the teaser yeah. fantastic even the yeah. second trailer when he comes out the limo and yeah everything's going on and lex luther that the whole bit there, Je- Jesse Essenberg. Essenberg. Jesse Essenberg and Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them coming, please. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> and, uh, Walter White. <laughs> it's it's so the trailers are so good, and I, I was excited. I mean, I always wanted to see a Batman Superman fan, even though I wasn't a huge Superman fan. I was a huge Batman fan. I remember in I Am Legend when there was the teaser poster. And I remember yeah. thinking, 
oh wow it's so cool like imagine if they did one and oh, it's never going to happen it's way in the future but then here we are and it's happening what felt like it came around super quickly and i was really hyped going into the cinema and i watched it with brian my big brother and i think my dad as well when i left when i saw it the first time i left the cinema and i said to ryan i think i really liked pretty much everything there other than the last quarter i guess basically from the moment superman and batman start fighting i like the fight but the obviously the martha bit and all the doomsday stuff and it just felt it did feel like a chunk was missing it felt really tampered with towards the end and obviously it was but i didn't i did not like it i actually enjoyed a lot of it i loved the bat armor stuff i loved i loved his I love the beginning when he's running through the buildings. And if that was, I wish people, I wish we had known that that was what was going to happen. Cause so many people bad mouth the destruction of the city, but it, Bruce Wayne running through, like if you think back to Man of Steel and you watch it again, and you think Bruce is down there running around. You can actually like almost map it out. Can't you? You're like, yeah, like he's there. I remember the shot where they, when they collapse the building and you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> That's like, he's down there. <laughs> yeah. Down there. Recently Zach did like a, um, uh, director's commentary so it was, you could watch it and he was on Vero at the same time and he'd talk you through the, the making of it and I've seen him talk about that opening that he said he worked with the visual effects guys to correctly map out where all the laser beams and where people would go through buildings so it would perfectly line up and he says he'd love mm. like he said you know he's not going to do it but he said he's sure that somebody out there as a fan would put the two scenes together i'm pretty sure i've seen seen one and of those videos you'd see yeah. them match up perfectly because yeah. it but it's smart isn't it that when i yeah. saw that beginning bit i thought this film was going to be because i didn't i don't know if it was in the trailer or not or if there was any information that that was going to happen i can't remember but i really enjoyed the beginning and i enjoyed the middle i thought i loved the lex luther stuff i loved i loved all the Build up. There was so much going on, but it wasn't a bad film that it got labelled to be. It was just so much to make the internet go nuts. The the Martha stuff was not great, was it? And it was so it was so badly edited in that fight that it just happened so quickly. It's like boom, 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 boom. Loads of stuff going on. And then all of a sudden, Superman's on his back and he's saying Martha, and it's like the fuck. Keep fighting. Do you know what I get? I get the premise, right? I, I can see why it aggravates people who are like maybe detached a little from it. Because I think the, a big problem with it, the film was a lot of people said they, they didn't want the origin story thing. And you, you guys said this before in the, uh, the last podcast, the, uh, Into the Spider-Verse one, the last one I listened to. And it was like uh, the origin story thing is a bit dead on people now. And it yeah. kind of leads into that because they said, because a lot of people kicked off about the, the origin, like that tiny origin montage in Batman versus Superman. They were like, why the fuck was that in there? That it's was like, really well, nicely done. A, it was well, like, it? Yeah, it was like two seconds long and like it, it kind of needs to be there. But then it's obvious, that obviously draws into the, the end. So people who weren't a fan of that will just have ignored it. But the whole, the crux of that whole little sequence is, the, uh, is, is Bruce Wayne's dad saying Martha to, to his like, wife as she's dying. And then like the reflection later on in the film is of course, that's, that's the last thing that Bruce saw his dad say. So then later on when he's, he's on top of basically a, a, a guy, yeah, Henry Cavell begging for his like mother's life. And he's saying Martha, that's like an instant like snap back to when he was a kid, 
hearing his dad in his dying words call out to his to his wife and it's like yeah. that would probably stop you fighting right but i think i think yeah unless you it was think, too quick it was just too yeah i think snyder's quick. films require people to have like an attention span god that's going to offend a lot of people <laughs> um but do you know what i mean like i feel like if you're not paying attention you will kind of miss those things and i i definitely remember the first time i watched it i i can definitely count myself among them because i was like wait what and it didn't help as well that I didn't know that uh, Clark Kent's mother... Well, I did know she was called Martha because of the films, but I never made the connection in my head that Batman's mum and Superman's mum actually have the same name. So I was sort of sat there in the cinema watching that scene being like, the fuck is going on? And it wasn't until like a few seconds later that I was like, oh, shit, yeah, of course. Like, And then it's, the, it's just the, the flip of the dynamic that now it's it's uh, Superman Bat- Bat- Batman's like the villain he's on top of the guy begging whereas he was once the kid watching his dad beg yeah. and it's like he's gone from being the you know the, the kid on the ground to being the, the guy the oppressor yeah. on top and it's like oof I think, why did Clark but, say I know Martha was taken obviously Martha's been held hostage but why why yeah. would he say Martha why wouldn't he say like yeah mum I know yeah. Why would you say I wouldn't? You know, if I was dying, we'd go Marianne. Like, <laughs> to be fair, though, be- I guess it's because <laughs> if he said like, if he said like mum, what he's doing there is he's asking Bruce to save his mum. So if Clark had just gone mum, Bruce would have been like, that would have been so weird. I don't know I who the that fuck is. that is. But if you say Martha, <laughs> then it gives him like even if he kills Superman and then there he goes there is somebody what? called Martha that he was asking me to save. Who is this person? And then he, he tracks it from there. So it's the idea that he's kind of saying, look, kill me now. Like, I don't give a shit, but save Martha, like save her. Um, I think it just needed a bit, obviously in the extended cuts a bit different, but in that, in that theatrical release, it needed just a bit more. Cause I think that really yeah. took people away from, because we all wanted to see, we want to see Batman versus Superman, didn't we? That's what mm. we came down to. It's that fight was built up so much that when it ended like that i think i immediately and i i did i did connect the dots at the beginning and i knew yeah. about martha and everything else, but i didn't it still took me out of the moment and then yeah. all of a sudden probably the best scene in the whole film happens next when batman just goes to the town oh my god the house. yeah but <laughs> it just goes so quick in the theatrical release it's just yeah. okay so he's there and then all of a sudden doomsdays you know he's flying around wonder woman shows up and then you get this trinity thing and I think from that point on, even in the extended cut, which I, I really enjoyed compared to the theatrical release, when I watched the extended cut, I was fully invested in it. I love all the added bits of Lex and everything, but it was still too much too soon. Mm. And whether it was the studio or is Zach getting overexcited because he was dying to get to Justice League, I don't know the ins and outs, but for that film, that film, if that film was just Batman versus <clears throat> Superman and they extended the fight a bit more and they just teased a bit of wonder woman they threw too much in there they threw all the tidbits with the flash and aquaman and the and the the screens doomsday is such a big villain as well and already in two films you've gone through zod and doomsday mm. which is pretty crazy and by justice league you would have seen dark side so you are three huge villains in very very quickly in this dc yeah. so i i think i was a bit put off by the end of it, even even in the extended cut, which I, I did generally really like as well, but it was just too much theatrical, too rushed together. Extended, 
I really enjoyed, but there was just too too much going on. Even they had Joker teasers. It was just a shit ton of stuff, guys. Mm. I wanted it to be something a little bit more scaled back, but that's not Zack Snyder's mo. So. Yeah, I think as I think the the Justice League setup that to me always felt like a, a studio thing that they knew they were going for Justice League next and they needed it to just be done then and there. The Doomsday thing, interestingly, again when Zach was doing his director's commentary for Man of Steel, he was saying that the Doomsday you see in Batman vs Superman isn't the Doomsday. It's just what Lex built. It's just a monster because the actual Doomsday. Exists yeah, around the Krypton world. because it's punched a hole through the moon in Krypton. So when you see the opening shot of Man of Steel, and it's like that huge shot where Zod um, Jor-El comes out and he looks across, there's a moon, and it's got a hole through it. And Zach was like, "My story there was always that Doomsday exists on Krypton, and he's like punched through a moon at some point in his existence." That, that is fun. That yeah. is, that's awesome. But then why? It feels I know there's huge butterflies of studios with. Uh, you know, with Suicide Squad and everything, like if you read David I's other stuff, like you see, like the book that you said about Harry and everything that is different mm. to what the film could have been. But yeah, there's obviously I I don't for a second think Zack Snyder didn't have when he started writing Man of Steel. He obviously wanted to have this huge scope, and there's obviously a huge amount of pressure, like you said, Nick, with knowing they had to go the route of Justice League because of how successful the MCU was and how slowly they built everything up. But you know, I, I wish I wish that could go back in time and they could just say, you just do what you need to do, Zach. Because I think Batman vs Superman would have been a lot better overall if Zach had just had final say. You hear what James Gunn saying about the Suicide Squad now. He said he's had no interference. So they've learned their lesson a bit, haven't they? Yeah. Mm. But it's, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame that it didn't go from... My expectations from the trailers were super high and then when I watched it, they definitely went down a bit because it just felt this very... Is- Message. This is what I've been saying about the, the Snyder Cut of, of Justice League is I've, I have historically with all the Snyder films had like huge expectations from all the trailers like Man of Steel I did and I watched the film and it lived up to it like straight away. Batman vs Superman with the theatrical cut it, I'm, I'm with you I think like the theatrical cut did not live up to the trailer hype but the extended cut did give me like more material which made me more content later and i was like, yeah, sort of like definitely. from a back seat you're sort of like yeah i've got what i've, I've got what i've came for now but with the snyder cut super amped about anything i see about it but i am trying to like actively be more like okay cool chill and then like when i see it i'll form an opinion rather than getting too ahead of myself because i think I, it is like a problem a lot with today's like here we go like trailer culture if you will everything if they they like put out trailers for films which end up like not always having the footage that's in the trailers even in the film so it's almost like they're p- putting everything into trailers and pumping them out to make them look amazing they'll either put all the good bits of the film in the trailer or they'll they're not they're sort of like they're kind of dishonest so they can they're very good at leading you to want to see a film which is, i get is the point of a trailer but sometimes that the the level of hype that builds from them you never match. quite match when you go see it. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've sort of touched on it, Harry. But if you wanna, if you wanna discuss in detail how you landed on the theatrical cut, because we saw yeah. it together. Yes, um, we did. We did a midnight. Of yeah, Man of Steel. I, I remember this really vividly, actually. Yeah, because 
huge Man of Steel fan. So I was like, yeah, great. I remember seeing the teasers and all the trailers that you'd said about Luke for Bat Soups. And I'd, I'd, I'd reread Dark Knight Returns, the comic book. So I was like, well, graphic novel, it's huge. So I was like, right, I get where I'm going with this. Obviously, they're, they're related. They're not the same plot. But anyway, so I, I was like, I was quite ready for the film. So evening of it comes, we go watch Man of Steel. Great. And it's obviously straight into Bat Soups. And I can I definitely share Luke's opinion with how I felt about it. And the, the way I've actually thought about relating it is, do you know how the hype ended with Game of Thrones and everything in that last season felt like it should have been two or three seasons? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's quite similar with the final act of Batman vs Superman. But like especially the theatrical cut because there's so much build-up throughout the whole film which is like all great material loved everything i didn't hate anything that's to say I, I enjoyed everything that was in the film but the pacing of it is it's all in the first no sorry it's all the first like uh three quarters is build-up the last quarter is everything that it amounts to and yeah. it's like they could have added another hour on top of all of that but they could have done and a part like, one, part two for Batman and Superman, couldn't they? Or something. Oh, easily with everything they had in there. Yeah, you, yeah, they could have spaced that whole film up and had like the first film could have just been everything building up to Batman and Superman's fight. And it ends on the, if you, even if they end on the Martha, it ends on that like that cliffhanger or somewhere around there. Or like the, we're buddies, I'm going to go to the fuck the people up at the warehouse. Like end near there. And then part, part B it, it, there's almost enough material to have, like you say, the the Wonder Woman Doomsday nod in there. There's a, I mean, obviously you need a lot of build up for that, but it'd be a whole, that'd be like two hours of just a fight, which would be a ridiculous film. But do you think, do you think there should have been a film in between Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman? Do you think there should have been? Because obviously you would you would lose Ooh. Bruce Rain, Wayne running through Metropolis. Doing, you could still do it obviously later, but if there's a mm. film in between, you'd lose that. Especially you two going to see Man of Steel and they're straight into Batman and Superman. That's such a nice back to back. It's a really nice link. Yeah. No, I, I think they're missing. I think, they're, I think they I think, they tie in fine. I love. I, I like the two films as a as a back to back. Yeah, to, totally fine with them as they are. I just feel like there's there's the, it's with Zack Snyder being so meticulous about what he creates. I think it's like you said about him getting really excited to introduce the Justice League and. And even whether it's studio or not, there is, ultimately there's so much content in not enough time, and it's it's like a thing as well with the the Snyder Cut of Justice League. There's a lot more. Like how, how long's how long's that supposed to be now? Four like, hours. Four hours, and the theatrical cut was. I mean, whether or not we believe it to be all Snyder content, but, but hypothetically, so, the, the film was like what two? So the so theatrical cut of Justice League was two hours. Zach yeah. said the other day, yesterday, when he put the trailer out, that mm. his cut of Justice League contains two and a half hours of unseen footage. Right. So in theory, yeah. you've seen okay. an hour and a half of his right. okay. film. In but that's still, movie. like, the amount of content... Like, so even if he was there was not to be a, a Whedon cut, it was Snyder's film, they're going to cut that down for cinema. So what you get so... The amount of material that Snyder's shoots for his films is so i don't want to say excessive because it's like i think it's good stuff but like he shoots a lot of content 
and it, it's it was really apparent i think with the, the the difference between the theatrical cut of batman vs superman and the director's cut because although although the the director's cut is a lot longer it's it's more like an it's just an extension of the existing material it's yeah. not like you're watching and going oh they've missed this in other than a few, there is obviously like the a few bits here and there the the the, the, pe- the plot of the film is is exactly the same and it doesn't leave out the, all the key points because the theatrical had all the key points but just lacks the connecting parts so you the, the theatrical cut just felt quite muddled you had a lot of stuff to like get your head around with not enough screen time to connect the dots so it wasn't i i came out of bat soups not disappointed but i just remember feeling like man i need to watch that like again and not in like a i'm so hyped i need to see it a second third fourth time i was like i need to watch this again just to like wrap my head around some of the finer points because there's things i remember coming out and you'd pointed out nick that i was like don't remember that and it wasn't until like the 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 theatrical uh, the director's cut was released that the theatrical cut felt like justified so like i've enjoyed it a lot more essentially when they released the, the the director's cut but that's not to say i hated what we got i just felt conflicted it was a it, like i enjoyed the experience but i did come out feeling uh, confused sure, you feel a bit shortchanged <laughs> i think i felt yeah shortchanged but i remember you and i talking nick after you saw because you saw it before i did both of you and mm. i remember asking you what you thought at the time and i think you actually said to me that you're not quite sure how you feel mm. about it I and mean, you're probably you're going to tell us now but before you do sort of like just something about harry harry said is that he said about how much material Zack Snyder shot. But that is what frustrates me with these things. And we'll talk about with the Snyder Cut as well, is that he shoots all that material. But what does he think is going to happen as well? Because studios are never going to let it be a four-hour film for Batman for Superman, unless it is part one and part two, which we know has happened before. It's happened with things like The Hunger Games and everything like that. Like, there's too much material. We're going to split it into two. It's going to have a natural end. Same with the Harry Potter films. Like we're going to do all the legwork in the first part. The second part is going to be action. You said Harry. They could have done mm. Batman versus Superman with all the legwork in the first film. Maybe built up a bit more of the Martha stuff so it jumped into people who weren't. Yeah. It's the idea. But of course things are going to get cut. Of course you're going to be frustrated because you shot stuff. But the script must have been massive. So all the actors and everyone yeah. involved must have known <laughs> that it was going to happen. So it's just, it's no different with the Justice League that, there's so much stuff. If you can't get your, if you're writing it with the knowledge that you think this film is going to be about four and a half hours, that's so much yeah. good stuff. And you shoot everything. It's, n- it's never going to work. He's lucky. He's lucky that fans have petitioned so much. That he's getting his vision potentially out there. But I think Batman, is, I think Batman and Superman could have been played a completely different way in terms of how he just originally made it as well. But anyway, I still, I still enjoyed it. Nick, what did you think? Yeah, uh, how best to, to describe this? So, I was very, I was very, very hyped. Uh, Man of Steel for me at that point was, and it still slightly is my favourite superhero film. And I think going into Bat Soups, I sort of had the impression that it was going to continue that same storyline, that same kind of tone, and the same thing, and. 
I think watching the theatrical, I was, I was kind of confused because I was like, visually it's there. And there's enough of the, the sort of plot points in the, what I like about Snyder is where he'll take, he'll look at the humanity of, of heroes rather than just go like, here's a big bombastic. It's going to be a lot of fun for the next two hours, just balls to the walls entertainment. It's more like, I want to take these characters and absolutely bring them down to their core break them and then by the end of them put them in a different position because of what they've gone through and so when I watched the theatrical cut it was like I could see where he was going with that but it didn't add up uh, like it's I was land yeah it was like there's definitely something missing there because plot point like the whole Superman arc of him being framed when he ended up in the um, courthouse or the, the senate or whatever it is I was like, I'm not entirely sure what they're trying to pin on him here. Because the, the yeah. theatrical cut, cut that whole section, like it just breezed by it. So I was like, um, okay. Yeah, the, the, like the desert thing. Yeah, yeah that like, was, not, that not was a massive sense. thing to get rid of. Yeah. Um, and so then when I got to the extended cut and you see that, you're like, oh shit. That's a, <laughs> hey, that's a really heavy storyline to, to put Superman in that position of going like, you know, we're going to position him as some people see him as a character of hope and he's our savior. And then other people see him as this alien, this, this guy who could any minute destroy the planet. And so we're going to, we're going to play both sides of this. And that storyline is like, it's sensationalism. It's, it, it's injecting into a superhero film, what we see every day, that it's like, here's a person that the media hate because he's in, you know, the, the limelight or whatever. And I thought that was, a really smart decision to go for with the Superman arc and especially to bring Bruce Wayne in it as this other hero who's like out for justice. It's that's a, an intelligent way to pit the two against them. But again, in the theatrical cut, that didn't come across because that whole plot line wasn't really embellished. Mm. So yeah. So when I came out theatrical, I was very confused and I knew I liked the visuals. I knew I liked Ben Affleck. I knew I liked Gal Gadot. Um, yes. To be fair, that, Sorry, cutting in there, but go for it. The that was one thing I was solidly pro after it. Like I was a hundred percent like the film was a bit weird, but Affleck and Gal Gadot were insane, and I, I, like Cavill carried it, carried on his thing fine, but he yeah. was basically the centre of all the confusion, so, like with the plot. So I was like, it's a bit weird, but yeah, I did come out hundred percent like, like hands down, Affleck. Affleck is straight up Batman. Like this is great. Yeah. So yeah, and I agree. yeah, Gal was like straight up Wonder Woman. Like yeah. the moment she like hops in at the end, even though like it's very like sudden, and her character's like darting in and out. It was the little scenes that build up to that. Like the there's the scene with them um, at their like art venue where there's the the sword of yeah, and well the fake sword of yeah, uh, yeah. David or I can't remember what it is, but it's in a glass box and there's that little like tee off between the two of them where she's like oh yeah looking at the sword and he's like it's a fake yeah and it's like yeah there's a lot of like good good batman and and wonder woman material yeah. in this film. Good, and, there's loads of good material though isn't there that's the thing mm. there is so much good stuff that's why i wish it was spread out more mm, yeah for I, sure I, I think you're right there i think definitely like even with the extended cup which i absolutely love and i think it's the only other contender for my favorite superhero film like i watched Ooh. it recently and it's always that or man of steel Genuinely, I like I can't get enough of Bat what about Thor two. Oof. <laughs> or Ant Man. Thor two. Um but oh. yeah. It it 
just because every time I watch it, I notice something different about it, something else that it's it's saying or something else that it's conveying in terms of these two characters and how they're going about things. And the last time I watched it, for some reason, I just, I've, I've always clicked. I've always liked Jesse Eisenberg as, as Lex. Mm. But Eisenberg, yeah. <laughs> but I just... <laughs> I love the, I love the approach with him that he's, he's got like a quiet anger, and I, I kind of really like that that it's more of like a frustration that it's like I could fix, the world, if you'd let me, but you're not, and so I'm just gonna fucking, go evil, and like, um, the, you go, sorry, sorry, I was just gonna say like the the bit where he gets to when he threatens Martha, and he's like what do we do with witches that's like the most menacing thing i think anybody could do is threaten to burn your mum and the way he does it with like the polaroids and it's just it's pretty dark yeah yeah it is really villainous but it's all built up through this like quiet anger of like you know they're not giving me what i want so i'm just gonna take it basically it's a great a great shot on top of the building as well when you see the fight happening yeah over the other I side. tell you what, the that was also a thing which blew me away. What I loved about that film was the there's the Hans Zimmer score, but particularly uh, the track is the Red Capes are coming, and it's the one where he goes uh, down into the facility where the where the Kryptonian wreckage is. Yeah, and is, is there another box down there? Isn't there a box down there? Well, he goes down to the ship, doesn't he? When Lex Luthor goes down. Yeah, he goes down to the ship with Zod's body, doesn't he? Like the first time. And he's in, either way, the shot, he comes out of an elevator and it's like a, yeah, again, slow-mo. It's like a slow-mo walk of Lex as he like steps out of the elevator and like the, the shot's sort of just like panned at his feet as he walks down the corridor. And I remember watching that and being like, damn, that is a, that is a great supervillain shot. Because oh, yeah. I'm so yeah, used to, in- to supervillains being like big, crazy, overt creatures. Yeah, because that's in the really nice. When he's in the water, that's where there's a box where he's. Oh yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, that was the other thing. I'm so used to like overt villains. Yeah, that was that was another thing (laughs) they left out of the theatrical cut is the bit with Lex where they find him and he's sort of like been communicating with Steppenwolf who's showing them other boxes and stuff like that. Also being left out, you're a bit like, why would you leave that? As well as when you get to the end and Batman's there with Lex in that great like interaction between the two of them. In the theatrical, he never mentions that he's sending Lex to Arkham. He just says, like, we're sending you somewhere. Whereas in the Aesthetica, yeah. it's like hardcore, you're going to Arkham. Yeah. And it's just... Really? I didn't remember yeah. them. they'd left that line out. But I'm pretty sure it is anyway, because I'm pretty sure I yeah, watched it. I think you're right. And he says it, and I was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. That changes Big line. Like, the scene. But oh, yeah. The so- ca- all, the casting, all the casting is great, isn't it? Jess- Jesse is fantastic. As I, lo- I love his interpretation of Lex Luthor. I think he's really, mm. really good. Yeah, that was interesting because a lot of people I remember seeing an interview with him where because there was obviously like a lot of backlash initially for his look because he had long hair which people who hadn't read the like the comic background that he has like long ginger hair and a lot of the origins tales or one of the orange tale orange origins tales in particular um yeah he's I remember seeing an interview with him where he was like yeah it's it's a weird thing for someone to hate for something they haven't actually seen you do yet and this was before the film came out and i was totally on the moment i saw that i was like yeah i, I feel like he'll do this right because like 
he talks like someone with conviction before I've even seen the plot. And so I was invested with Jesse Eisenberg's interpretation by the moment I saw the picture of him bold looking really menacing. And then uh, the, the, late, the later point where, like I say, when there was that interview with him, I was like, yeah, he'll be, he'll be good. And yeah. he was. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. I think the whole casting was good. And I think that's what the, it was like I, when I watched the theatrical, I was like, you've given me something there that I know I like, but you've taken away everything that will give me reason to like it. It was yeah. like, I kind of came out of it and I was like, I think I like it, but I can't tell you why, because it doesn't quite make sense. And then so seeing the extended cut, it's like, oh, okay, these are the reasons I like it then. And it's all, because it's all lined out. It just it makes sense. I definitely think the the scene where the league is introduced is, is ham-fisted. It's, it's so quick and it's just bizarre, unnecessary. And it goes on quite a while. Um, as much as I like the individual shots, I always kind of thought like, you could just bang that into a credits. Like if you just watch yeah. the credits and then it was just like, that's here, what my, here's the side. Another one of my friends there. said that. Yeah. yeah. He was like that whole section. Cause it's like less than like 60 seconds of just him clicking on the videos. Yeah. It's flat that at the end. Like yeah. there was no end credits. So that would have been ideal. Yeah. Um, I, wish, so I, that I cool. wish that they had done. And now I'm going to say what I wish would have happened before we get to the Snyder cut stuff yeah. is unless you want to carry on with, Sorry, I interrupt you again, Nick. No, the only other thing I was going to say, which will take me into the Snyder Cut is a little bit, is that Bat Soup's like absolutely love it, and it also gave me the nightmare vision, which I think is one of the coolest. Yep, that is so cool. Like so, so damn cool. cool, and I think that's something that when we go into the Snyder Cut is it's going to be prominent. I think that's going to be a a, a key Huge part. part. Of, yeah, which I'm so excited for. Like, give me more of that. Just yeah. That, and the flash flashpoint stuff as well like the when the flash turns up and bruce i love all that stuff yeah. as well so what i wish they had done is that if you have man of steel first and he set everything up for superman you have batman versus superman and it's his own film just about those two lex luther can be involved as well got no problem with that they could tease wonder woman a bit because obviously that would lead into the wonder woman film but then i wish they did do Justice League Part 1 and 2, but Justice League Part 1 was more about that could have had Doomsday in and Lex. That, like Lex could have been the villain for that. Superman still mm-hmm. could have died at the end of Justice League Part 1. That could have been the end of Justice League Part 1. And then Wonder Woman teased Aquaman or something, and then they could have teased The Flash in Justice League Part 1, and then Justice League Part 2 rolls around. All the characters come together, they get Superman back, and then that is that is the Justice League film essentially what will be the Snyder Cut but obviously way not four hours long way later yeah way later and it's just the Batman Superman stuff is just done then and it's just focusing on what Lex Luthor has effectively started and the war that's coming and then if Justice League 2 was a success then you know you could get another Superman film out of it Affleck would still be Batman Uh, I know he's going to be it Flashpoint anything it just could have been handled so much better, I think. And it's heavily on the studio, like with Suicide Squad as well. Batman appeared in there. But for me now, the only thing they can do is I wish that obviously they're going to do the Snyder Cut, but I think the Flash film is so important mm. for the next stage of this because they could rewrite everything. Like all of it could be, 
you know, they could say, right, Gal Gadot is still going to be Wonder Woman and all these characters still, but if they're going to change everything, like if they're going to change Batman or whatever they're going to do, now's the time to do it. And they could still keep all the good stuff that's happened, but you can try and forget some of the negative stuff because it's weird that when you say it, it's one of your favorite superhero films, because I, I, I generally think there's so much good in there, but it's just an overcomplicated mess and they rushed everything too soon. And that, for me, brings it down the pecking order for me. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that the, 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 the Justice League part at the end is, is, is rushed. Like, that is the only thing in there for me that I'm just like, that doesn't work. Everything else, I just think, I've never seen superheroes presented in that way in that it's, it's not a film that you can kind of sit down and go, this is just going to be an enjoyable, crazy two hours. It's a film where you, it's really causing you to kind of think about everything. And to think about the characters in a certain light, which I think is what a lot of people don't like about it, is that it it's very critical on the heroes themselves. It's not kind of saying, you know, Batman's instantly a hero or Superman's instantly a hero. It's kind of going like, these people are flawed and this film is figuring out why. And so by the end, they've gone through this kind of nightmare of figuring themselves out. So by the end, they're in a position where they want to inject some hope into the world and that is what the Justice League is. I do think the film probably should have been called Dawn of Justice rather than Batman vs. 100%. Superman. I think yeah. like that's a marketing thing. I'm pretty sure that somebody went, let's call this Dawn of Justice and a marketing person went, you're not going to make any money. Um, well, so probably off the back of the Man of Steel. Yeah, I think it Superman is definitely thing. off the back of Man of Steel. So I think there's that, but I just, I think it just, it holds up in terms of every time I watch it, but I, I figure out something different and I get something from it that I'm like, this is even, it's an incredibly well-written story that just requires you to watch it so many times to pick up all the nuances. Like one of the things I only caught recently is, <coughs> is the, uh, at the end after Superman's dead on his monument, somebody's painted in, if you seek his monument, look around you, which is great to sum up Superman. That is Superman as a, in general but I didn't realize that quote is in St. Paul's cathedral about really? the guy who made St. Paul's cathedral. <laughs> right. That's absolutely amazing and shows the kind of detail that I think Chris Terrio and Zach go into where they, they're like, this thing is going to be tied to this and this will be linked to here. And we're saying all of these things by tying it to this, but I think it takes, I think it just, it takes several like viewings to really unpack it. And so that's think, a shame though, isn't it? That is the way. thing. It is. But at the same time, I think it it's sort of that's Zach's bread and butter in the I think it definitely narrows like, the audience. But it, oh it definitely does. But I mean it's the same with Watchmen in that like the first time you read Watchmen, like for me mm. anyway, the first time I read Watchmen, it was just like this is a really cool superhero take. I didn't necessarily take in all the things that it's saying about society and people and superheroes and their place in the world and how we idolize them and stuff you know as a kid i was like raw satch is really cool and then you sort of as you get older you're a bit like kind of a damn <laughs> bit of a prick um yeah and you you that's something you kind of get with age and i think Batman vs superman is the same thing that i think you know in 10 years time or something i think there will be a case that people will look back at it and kind of go like oh shit it was actually trying to say something with superheroes we just mm. didn't want it at the time i think we wanted the big bombastic approach um 
so yeah but okay so going into snyder cut so 2017 rolls around and zach leaves justice league as it's in post-production i think because unfortunately he has a family bereavement and he pulls in joss whedon to finish off the film which will be pulling joss whedon or the studio pulled in joss whedon? So at the time it sounded like Good question it was a studio and zach choice since then rumor has it it was a it cyborg was, choice yeah <laughs> um, the russians yeah uh since then it sounds more and more like it was a studio decision that they were trying to take the universe into a different way and approach it from a different angle and well they went with what was successful with avengers didn't they even though age of ultron didn't hit the ground running but yeah it, it was formula it was, they were looking for yeah it was that it was the sense that you know bat soups came out people didn't like it whether that was down to the fact that it was complicated and the theatrical cut was a mess or that it was really dark i know a lot of people who really didn't like it because it was just mm. gritty and grim and there wasn't any life to it but it's, it's pretty miserable it. isn't it yeah that's what yeah. i liked but, but that, that's yeah. the thing it, it, like that's the approach and so then you know suicide squad which was due to be more of the same i think they spun that around because they were like oh shit we've just made a darker film we had loads of themes in this cut which is just probably not going to go down well so let's make a happy film out of this another um, amazing trailer by the way suicide squad oh yeah the comic on trailer is sensational and you know that's them that's warner's fault that, that's all on them in that they they've they started a universe that was pitched as one thing and then they've tried to steer it in a completely different direction but not done it it's it's meant no. a mess so when you get to november 2017 we will sit down and watch justice league what were our reactions fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that that was my reaction i was i went to the cinema i saw it with my friends from work and the first 10 minutes the sound in the cinema wasn't working so the whole scene with batman on the rooftop fighting a parademon there was no noise so it was like oh, oh i wonder what we God. missed turns out not much but mm-hmm. Ah, oh, just it was it wasn't good. I I did not like it. There were bits that I liked, mostly the bits that were in the, the Comic Con trailer. Another trailer that I loved. Yeah. I thought um you know, by this point Aquaman had been out, hadn't it? I think. Aquaman no I hadn't? Okay, well Wonder Woman had been no, out, hadn't no. it? Wonder Woman had yet. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed Wonder Woman a lot. Didn't didn't like the ending again. I did not like the ending of Wonder Woman, but I liked the film as a whole and i liked i like again i liked all the cast in justice league i thought i liked the cast in justice league i just <laughs> i thought it was it was just such a mess wasn't it all the, the you could clearly tell the bits that were scott snyder and joss whedon the scott shots snyder. of uh sorry zach snyder and uh, <laughs> you could definitely tell which were which obviously you had like everyone was quite quite like questioning like there was a Gal Gadot had not been put out as a, a like a sex symbol. Obviously, it, she she is she's super attractive. But but there were two or three ass shots of her walking in trousers. That was as Joss Whedon's all, all over it. It was just and the purple skies at the end, and just so much was cut out that was in the trailer. All of the cyborg stuff, some of the Aquaman stuff, just. 
The end fight was terrible. The Superman stuff didn't hold up again to what we thought. We were all longing for the black suit Superman. The fucking mustache thing at the beginning. Oh my God. What is going Generally on? Generally one of the worst CGI things that, I've ever seen. That yeah. set the tone again. We talk about things set in the tone. Like if Batman Superman, the beginning of that, if that stayed the course for me, would have been one of the best Superman films. If that buzz at the beginning carried on thrust, but in the theatrical release, I mean. But when you see old Henry, you see his lip half like deformed by CGI. Just think, <laughs> what is going on? And I was, I just remember thinking, what is this? What's happening? And at that point, I didn't know that his mustache, he had a mustache because of Mission Impossible. And it just, it just went downhill for me. There are some good bits in there as well. There are good bits. I like most of the stuff with the flash. I like, I just, I like some of it, but the overall thing, I came out of there so disappointed because when Avengers was teased at, with, with Thanos at the end and everything like that in Avengers, but when Avengers was that whole thing, they were going to build towards that. And it, it took so long for them to get to end game in a good way. But Iron Man and they teased everything at the back and they're building up the Avengers one bomb. They're all getting their films and everything in Avengers such a big deal. Justice League, that's huge. I think in my eyes, as a Marvel fanboy, I still think Justice League is a bigger and better team than the Avengers. (laughs) I think it's a huge, I think it's got so much to it. Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. I wasn't even, like I said, I wasn't the biggest Superman film. That is, that is a team. That is like a huge deal. And, for so long, people probably wanted that film to be made, all the huge fans of it and everything. And then just because of studios and errors and rushing it, it felt like we left Batman vs Superman and there was a trailer for Justice League the next day. That's what it felt like to me. And it's all happening so fast. And it just didn't live up to any hype. And I think going in there, we already knew it had already been getting bad press before because of the changes and everything. And yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it really at all. The, you two, I mean, I know you're both fat. I know we all enjoyed Man of Steel and we, Nick and Nick really liked Batman vs Superman and I know we both enjoyed it. But did you two, did you like Justice League? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I remember Harry and I saw it together for sure. Uh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we, it was like, not even similar to how we came out of bat suits and we were like there's something there it was sort of like that's just not even like tonally the same thing it it was it was like a different entity altogether it felt like i'd accidentally gone into the wrong screening and watched something that i wasn't <laughs> supposed to have watched yeah. and then came out and was like hold on was, was that justice league <laughs> it was yeah it was weird wasn't it like yeah i know what you're saying though i'm definitely on board with you though. there were bits which i actually liked like there was the, and from i think it was just massively and like, like i was saying earlier about like uh, overhyping things i don't think i massively overhyped justice league because i remember saying to nick I, this opinion of mine wasn't like a newfound thing because of Zack snyder but there was a certain point where i was watching films of like you know what i'm just getting too invested in trailers and it's, it's pissing me off when i'm watching a film so i think nick and i you were at a point where you're like, I'm not watching trailers anymore. And I was like, well, I don't have that kind of self-control. I'm going to watch trailers, <laughs> but I'm not going to get hyped over them. I'm just yeah. going to... I'm just going to only watch it. trailers. I'm not going yeah. to see the film. <laughs> I'm not watching films. The trailers are better. But yeah, I, um, I remember seeing the, like, when Zach was still involved, I saw the first trailer hit up out, which, end, which has that bit where, like, Batman turns to 
cyborg and cyborgs oh no well cyborg turns about me he's like oh, i didn't think you were real and th- that, that kind of stuff and i was like yeah this is this is great 10 out of 10 and i came out of justice league and i was like what i was like not even one out of 10 yeah. there was so much like shit all the humor in it was like it's like they and this is the problem we'll have a lot of cinema now and i'm not going to try and go too hard because i rant about it for hours but like i feel like now they look for a film that's successful and try and clone that as a model for everything. And I think I'm like, yeah, again, go, not going to talk too long on it, but Deadpool and Gardens of the Galaxy, incredible films, but I think they simultaneously ruined a lot of films that followed it because everyone saw that Deadpool was super successful and Gardens of the Galaxy was super successful because they're kind of both far-fetched and hilarious. And they were like, everything needs that. So they've tried to insert humor, insert, insert oh, yeah. humor and, and like levity into a lot of films that don't need it. And like when they had, like in Justice League, there were parts where like Batman's cracking jokes. And it was like, don't get me wrong, you can have, you can have humor from Batman in like his dialogue back and forth with other characters. Like he can be, like he can cut people off or be damned. You can use it intelligently to make Batman have funny moments, but you can't have Batman as the team comedian. And when he like drops, like I, I remember loving the line from Batman vs Superman where he's saying about, uh, do you bleed? Do you will things like oh fuck that's ominous, and then like they literally turn that into shit with Justice League when they're like oh, I can't remember what happens, but he gets thrown on the floor because it's, it's such a bad joke anyway. It's not even a joke, but it's like they've been like let's make Batman say something funny. He falls on the floor after Superman grabs him or something. He's like oh something's definitely bleeding, and you're like yeah. what the fuck was that (laughs) that's where it's a mess and what why the hell they so the mcu formula the films like if i was i mean i know it's all about money i'm not stupid i know it's about merchandising and stuff like that but you don't have to copy you you just said about deadpool Mm. and stuff it should have been its own thing they should have looked at the christopher nolan trilogy and thought yeah for sure let's let's stick to something like that let's make it dark and now of course we're getting the batman and it's mm. from Matt Reeves and it is dark again and everyone's super excited about it. But then they could have done that with this. Batman should have been that bleed line. That should have been, you know, that bit in the warehouse when he's just fucking kicking ass and everything like that. It should have been in a nutshell. Just Batman should have been pissed off. He's Bat. obviously <laughs> gone through a lot of shit with looks like Robin's been killed and everything like that. It should have been that. And they should have just honed in on the dark side of it and just, really owned it like imagine if Darkseid just sh- you know how Thanos is teased and he looks back to the camera imagine the first time you see Darkseid he just shows up and he just like he kills Superman like imagine if he just did it and that's that's the first bit you see of him and it's just it's like holy fucking shit like <laughs> look what just happened and you'd be hooked because you'd want to see that would be the biggest cinematic mic drop of <laughs> yeah. all time <laughs> would it? but yeah, it I think they could have played it differently but you're right Harry just so cheesy and that's where the so Joss Whedon stuff comes in because they've obviously got him in probably the mm. studio like you said Nick as well and they thought yeah. make this like make Batman come off like Thor like he's got yeah. loads of he's powerful he's got this but let's have some cracks some jokes and stuff and Superman's fucking dead like mm. it should be uh, somber just, yeah somber yeah. yeah and then he comes back and it's just oh yeah Ackerman's like flying through the sky and he's pretending to be on a surfboard and in the sky I don't know yeah. what he's doing it was bad, wasn't it? Bonkers. I remember the other, Sky the other, guys. Yeah. yeah, it was like 
and there were, like you said, there were parts which I actually kind of liked a lot. Like the, the first interaction with Justice League and Superman when he wakes up, the initial part where Superman's like delirious, doesn't really know what's going on, and they try and like calm him down, but it ends up kicking off. The, the end of that, where the Flash goes up against Superman, because there's always that like comic book age old question who's quicker, Flash, Superman, Superman, Flash, and everyone has their argument. I don't really care, but I was like, I want to see some a speed off which i'm sure you loved because it was all in slow-mo but yeah. <laughs> they're like the, the little slow-mo sequence where henry cavell and uh, <laughs> ezra miller or is it ezra um ezra miller when they're like well it's sort of like ezra's flash is dodging around superman as he's like swiping for him and you sort of see superman's eyes like twig so he's like able to catch up with the flash's movements it's like those details were really fun and i loved them but then it, it just goes straight back down to crap again just like the end of that fight being like i said the, the shit batman joke and then it was sort of like the tiniest dose of of hope being instantly dashed by something which just felt so out of place and wrong and that and like once it's happened like two or three times in the first couple of minutes of the film it, you're instantly switched off. So even the like bits which are quite good, you have to have seen it like twice or like have like a couple of days of like thinking of thinking back on the film to be like, oh, in hindsight, that was quite good. Uh, but even now, like as far ahead, far as, it, as long as it's been since the film came out, there's so little I can like grab hold of with that film, and like it is literally just because it's it just feels so tarnished by a lot of things. And you, I know. It sounds like, oh, you know, you, you're saying this because you know how things have gone down with the film, especially with a lot of stuff with uh, Cyborg, uh, the actor, like a lot of things he's come out and said. But you do watch, the, you, I watched the film and it's, and you, I felt like the actors weren't invested. You sort of, it felt, didn't oh, feel like they were putting their all into it. And there were, they, like I said, there were moments where it was good, but it, it felt like. It's because it came out It's, it's really hard to. Encompass. Oh. Yeah, it, it felt so sudden and like so. I felt it, 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 it came back to me like I'm not sure if even these people think they're in a Justice no, League film. I agree. Film. Yeah, do you know what I, I, mean? to, I do. Um, yeah, and it, it was so strange. And I loved there were some great castings and that, but it just I felt like it got even less detached. And I remember because I was so from Man of Steel, I was so into Henry Cavill's Superman and the, the trajectory of that. I was like, this is great. He was being the thing which was being removed steadily from from everything from start to yeah. finish. Like, um, I mean, I enjoyed every part he had in Batman vs Superman because it, it, that felt natural. But in Man of in sorry, in Justice League, it was like he's supposed to be like the centre of it all. But I, I don't. I did, I was instantly detached again. Like how when I first learned about Superman and that, I felt like I don't care about this Superman anymore. There's, I've got no grounds to relate there was just strict like there was nothing left of his in, uh, initial character he was yet again just super strong and like the end fight sequence he just comes in kicks ass kicks Stepmore's ass he's like lifting buildings with one hand smiling and waving at little kids and just being like the boy scout superman that i hate and it had none of the like sorrowful honest portrayals that they that they tied into everything else they'd done and i was just like They've they've robbed me of Superman. <laughs> they've they've put made my Batman tell jokes, and the film just felt just, just naff. Yeah, just yeah. didn't do it for me at all. 
yeah i'm yes i'm all the same as that it just it just felt hollow and it just didn't line up with what was before it and so i'm pretty sure fairly soon after the film came out is when there was talk of what had happened in how snyder's vision had changed and you know there was i think for a long time there was a rumor that like it was like 70 or 80 percent of what snyder filmed had been cut or reshot by whedon and all this rumors so there was a big push for the snyder cut and and for him to do something and for a long time it sort of didn't look like anything was gonna gonna happen um 100% I remember we had the discussion at that that kind of stage where we were both like I want that film but we're like hey don't know if any of these rumors are true but we were we were totally like I remember literally being in the car with you once and we were like that's never gonna happen (laughs) yeah I I think when we saw Aquaman and it made so much money and was so popular you love that and we both Oh God, no. what? <laughs> Nowhere near it. Wow. <laughs> but the, I'm pretty sure we were in the car back from that and we were saying, this thing's made so much money for Warners mm. and it's done so well that we can't see a world in which they'd give Zach... Yeah, give, it, rank, give it back to Zach. Because it's just so tonally different. Like Aquaman was so bright and so colourful and it's happy. Vivid, and isn't it? Your face. And it has Pitbull in the soundtrack. What? Yeah. Which is just a mile away from where it was and you kind of think like okay this is dc's new direction they're going for this but meanwhile in the background there's still rumblings of people wanting a snyder cut there's banners there's airplane flyovers saying release the snyder cut there's zach teasing black and white images on his vero and twitter and whatnot else and all the while you get little bits of casting crew saying that they worked on the production and what was shot wasn't what you saw and actors saying they weren't pleased with it because what they put Affleck wasn't pleased with it, was he? That's the thing. He loved playing Batman from what you I mean, get. He like, left I've... the role because yeah. of it. Um, Do you know what? I think the the biggest sell for me on actors, because like, although like you read all these internet stories, I'm very sceptical. I'm like, did they say that? And unless I saw it come out of their own lips in a video, I'd be like, right. And I, I saw so little of anything other than like, obviously like the snippet Zach was releasing and things like that. You're like a lot of this, anyone could have told me this, right? But the, the one I remember was there was a, a Syrian Hines, so the guy who does the voice of Steppenwolf. Um, and it was like the most damning thing. <laughs> and there's like someone asking him, like on the red carpet or some some, premiere or preview thing um, after he's seen the film and they're like oh what did you think of the movie and his instant response and this guy's like sick actor (laughs) like in Game of Thrones everything else anyone's seen him in like he's the guy's like awesome cool guy Um, and he's like I I don't want to like mince his words but he's like honestly he's like uh, that was not the film that we all work so hard to create. Yeah, and that's yeah, it. I remember and it's just it, yeah. like, oh man, <laughs> it's yeah. like, even considering Hind hates it, the guy seems so chill. Like, yeah. he absolutely disgusted. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it did help build the, uh, the hype engine. Yeah, the, the, uh, especially for the movement. Yeah. And I think as well, just before we, we get to where we are now, the other thing that then they were doing while they were campaigning for release the Snyder Cut is that they tied it in with a charity for suicide awareness mm. and up to date I think they've raised like half a million in just Amazing. pushing release the Snyder Cut which is huge I think that's a great kind of 
cause to jump in on and to give fans what they want, but also support charity, I think is a really kind of um, honest. Noble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And ultimately all it is that fans really care about this film and want to see what they thought they were going to get. And so finally, last year, on the anniversary, all the actors start tweeting out hashtag release the Snyder Cut. There's movement, there's excitement. And then finally this year in May, I think it was, is when we found out that Zach had got a call in that November period to say, can you show us what you got? And so now here we are. We've got two trailers, which are basically the same. One's in black and white with a few extra footage. And we've been told it's a mini series, which is going to be four hours um, releasing on HBO Max. It's we don't sound... have HBO Max, so do we? No, so I don't know how the, how it's releasing internationally. They said they'd release, like, tell people about that closer to the date. Um, Super. Yes. Everybody seems really excited about it. Everybody seems keen. They did a little bit of pickup footage, which from what Zach said the other day, they filmed only an additional four minutes so whatever they did film it wasn't a lot if it's just four minutes four minutes of just jared Leto. sir yes we've got jared leto's <laughs> joker in it which i really hope is a nightmare sequence um yeah and yeah here, here it is we're we're on the cusp of seeing this thing which has been talked about for several years kind of unprecedented as well like i struggle to think of like the only other one i can kind of think of is blade runner where there's like so many cuts of that film to ultimately get to the final cut. I mean, it's going to keep happening now, isn't it? With these sort of films, if there's a bad version, you know, directors, I mean, everybody said they wanted the suicide cut as well, didn't they? But that's David. I said, he's, he's not, he's not interested in it. I think from what I can see, I think he is, but I don't think they've, they've given it to him. I think, because I keep seeing his tweets and he keeps like, he said recently that they cut the first 40 minutes. Like the first 40 minutes of his film isn't there. Um, at all. And he keeps like, he's sort of doing what Zach did last year, I guess, where he's kind of releasing like little tidbits to kind of keep people excited. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if after the Snyder Cut, if the Snyder Cut goes down well, I wouldn't be surprised if they do the AO Cut just because. I would love to see the Suicide Squad extended cut as well. Just the mm, I, I think it's an easier job as well. Like, in the Zach's was there's loads of visual effects which wasn't finished, but the, the Suicide Squad, from what I understand, is like it was done. They finished it and then it got yeah. They apart. just chopped it afterwards, didn't they? Yeah, they chopped it. So, what do you two? What are your hopes for the Snyder Cut? Then here we are. It's happening. Oof. I think what are you part of it is just I'm super excited that just knowing that Zach gets to finish the film that he wanted to. That there's no limitations. That there's not going to be a case of like you know, they've focus grouped it or they've stepped in here because it's too dark. This is completely unadulterated, the Snyder Cut. It's everything. So I think if it comes out and it's it's bad or people don't enjoy it, then you just know that, that, that his vision for it and the, the direction he went with it isn't right. But if it comes out and you're like, actually, that's exactly the same as Man of Steel and it's exactly the same as Batman versus Superman, that what he's done is all all along he's just continued his storyline he's just had a set vision for where he's taking these characters and i think that's all i want is i want it to be tonally in line with everything as well as i want more nightmare and dark side and i think both of those things are are there i mean they're in the the teaser there's the shot of the the nightmare kind of sequence and from the looks of it 
dark sides are there. And I saw Zach saying as well, which this again changes the context of what they did in the theatrical, but that whole sequence where it's the the old gods facing off against in the theatrical Steppenwolf, which is an awesome sequence. Like I love that. You see like Green Lantern flying around, everybody's going nuts. Awesome. So that in the Snyder Cut is Dark Side coming to Earth to get the anti-life equation. And so like the red lava or whatever it is, that's just the visual aesthetic of the anti-life equation. There was like no mention of that in the theatrical cut whatsoever. That no, whole scene is built around Steppenwolf just getting the mother box. And so now that scene is like a whole other thing, knowing that that's Darkseid's kind of big moment. Like if that's the entrance to Darkseid as well, in terms of like he landed on Earth for everybody and still got his hands on it. That's a pretty strong introduction to him, I think. Yeah. Um, so that, I think that's all it is for me. It's just seeing the the complete vision of just what he set out to do and told with no missing parts. Like in four hours, I think it's going to be pretty clear. So yeah, that's kind of my, my hopes with it, I think. Very much the same, really. I think like fundamentally it is just like a triumph that it's happened because it's like a, it's a victory for like a just morally for like for everything Snyder's like work towards and like I, I don't know if this is the exact thing of it but it was like he basically he had family tragedy and it all collapsed from there and it's like he never got the opportunity to finish what I think was he was he at this the, at least the trilogy that he planned is like when you've started and started working on something and he invested in as much time as he had into that project I feel like as for a creator it's only fair that they let him see it through. So I think the fact that A, people have uh, like united to get to, to like, you know, side with Zack Snyder and get him back on, you know, back in charge of the ship, which he set sail initially. I think that's like A, pure poetry. Like it sh- this, is, this is like what it should be. And I remember initially, like I said, with Nick, I was like, yeah, it's never gonna happen uh, just because just the way the world is like it's, it's usually more often than not it's, it's money before creativity and i felt like if i was if, if i was the warner brothers that i, that I expect they they were or are, are or were at the time i wouldn't have given it zach because it wouldn't benefit me i was thinking like if they let him do it and it was it was shit it's a waste of money and if they let him do it and it's really good, they're kind of shitting on their own doorstep because they've just released yeah. a version that isn't his version. And be like, this is the one. And they've gone, and we're carrying on from here with Aquaman. So I, fe- I felt like they wouldn't make that decision. So I'm glad like people got together to do it. And I think it's, the, it's right that it exists. So I'm super, super thrilled that it's happening, big style. But no, my, my hopes for it are that it just like Nick says, just ties off everything he wanted nicely. And I, I feel like everything I've, I've heard, if it's true, and everything I've, I've seen thus far doesn't make me, doesn't ring any alarm bells. The, the only minor gripe I have currently is with all the imagery I've seen, I'm, and, and I, yeah, again, we, this might change when it comes out, but I feel like it still kind of looks unfinished. Like, I don't know about you guys, but some of the CGI in some of the shots, there's like the, the bit where, the, where Flash um, saves um, 
he like he pokes through the, the glass window iris that's it so he, he runs out and, and stops it and as you watch the car like tumble and explode in the background it's like oh looked a bit clunky or like yeah. just certain things don't look quite crisp and i remember i said this to nick when i saw the the trailer when it came out i was like yeah, great material um but i just the presentation i was like oh i really hope it's it's really clean and they put out as well i remember when they showed the the shot of of Steppenwolf holding the the mother box when he's in like the miscreant. I I saw the first time I saw that shot made me feel like when I first saw the shot of Affleck as Batman by the Batmobile, I was like, that is the perfect villain. It's so good, and it, uh, and obviously that's not what I thought of Batman. If that was the perfect, like, I was like, that's the perfect Batman. <laughs> but like when I saw the Steppenwolf one, having seen the original like end credits thing with. Jesse Eisenberg speaking to Steppenwolf and then he obviously changes to the version that was in the theatrical Justice League you know, big gap yeah. and so to see the like the in the flesh version of, of the, the hologram or whatever it was that Lex is looking at I was like oh that is perfection but then there were certain things that came out later so there's just with this newest trailer release uh, the, with the black and white one they released a shot of, of Steppenwolf which is pretty like crisp of him Holding the mother box, and I was my, I was like, doesn't look great. Yeah, like, I get a lot of shit on is, social media as well, isn't it? Has it really? Yeah, it yeah. has like loads. I, I think it is definitely still. I think they're still fine tuning the CG. Oh, for sure. I remember um, with Avengers: Infinity War, they showed the trailer for that where Thanos shows up, and I was like, man, that's doesn't look. It looks weird. I couldn't pin it. You know, he like comes through the portal. In the, in the trailer. I remember that shot and I was like, oh, not sure. And then obviously the film came out and it's it's incredible. So yeah. if it's got the same care and attention that I think Zach and whoever's on board would want, I think that's going to be ironed out. But that, that was literally the only thing I've looked at since since seeing the trailer where I've gone, oh, not sure. But everything else I love. I love the fact Affleck's back on board. I think that's a, a, a lot of, it feels like a lot of the stuff that's gone on in the build-up to this are, are due to a lot of individual like individual tragedies with a lot of the cast like i know obviously zach snyder with his daughter i think ben affleck was having a lot of personal problems during the filming of the justice league that like were behind the scenes i think there's a lot of stuff with ray fisher cyborg actor that's that's coming out in like uh, social media and stuff now that he's reporting about like the treatment of the actors and stuff for justice league and i feel like if this film does everything that it's planned to do, it will be like, whether it, whether they make a sequel or it just ends with this, I feel like if it, if it does well, and if it is as, if it's everything we hope it will be, it'll be like just the perfect like round of applause just to be like, right, thank God. Like, like literally, like not to sound like cheesy, but justice prevailed as it were like it'll be like done like I, I could i could happily have if it goes down well i could have zack snyder sign off and i'd be like i salute you that's sweet and they can do whatever they want from then but yeah good or, just, good or bad the flash it. film is the thing good or bad the flash film, yeah. whether it's a roaring success or it's a negative then either zack snyder can stay on and oversee things mm. again or the flash can rewrite yeah. things can't it true, true. yeah it's it's interesting as well with The Flash because just before you kind of get into your, your hopes and dreams of the film, Luke, I think the impression I get of DC now in terms of how, how they're handling their films is that you're not going to have 
the MCU setup. You're not going to have everything connected. I think it's going to be pocket universes. I think it's going to be like, you can go and watch Matt Reeves' Batman, which will never connect to Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. You can watch Aquaman, which might connect to Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman or Flash or whatever. But I think they will exist in their own bubbles and there will be a case of you can just go watch those films if you've not seen the others. Because like, if you look at something like Shazam, that seems, as much as it's referencing the wider universe, like the trajectory for it, seems like it's very... On its own. Uh, yeah, like it's like this whole thing is just about Shazam and Black Adam. It's not going to be about Shazam in the Justice League or whatever. It feels like it's the same small thing. They've obviously had Joker, which was a huge success, which is, again, pocket universe. It's, I think what the Flash will do is create that for them. So as opposed to like, I, I think I've seen a bit of buzz on it online where people have kind of said like the Flash is what it's going to do is reset the universe to the point where then they can restart and build up to another Justice League film. I think what it's going to do is reset the universe and go, our approach is now all of these different stories. So you can have three, def- three different Batman films if you want with three different Batman. Because that's the smart thing to do, isn't it? That's what it they is. need. That's what should. I mean, for me, yeah. the build-up now has to be if Darkseid comes and goes or whatever happens, that they could work towards. Uh, I don't know if Harry's familiar with the huge thing at the moment. Like that is their. That's the next. If I mean, Black Adam is obviously going to be a big bad, but if it's the multiverse hopping thing and this guy who's jumping between multiverses, that could be the link, and then you could get mm. Affleck's Batman and Patterson's Batman teaming up with. You know, obviously they're saying with the Flash that they're going to have Michael Keaton's Batman as well and Affleck's Batman, but that could mm. be the thing. Like this Justice League could be an absolutely massive, huge deal when you link the HBO shows. Oh, we saw it with the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, didn't we, in the yeah. TV series as well with both the Flashes. So yeah. I think there's a lot of hope after whatever happened here happens with this, but I I don't have my my expectations are so low for this because of the trailers and what I've hoped for. And I was disappointed in these trailers because I didn't think I saw enough that looked different. I think mm. it felt like, it felt like I saw bits from the original trailer. Yeah. And then you saw a couple of new bits, a couple of redesigns, obviously dark side is the big thing, but it, there's, there's nothing. There's a lot of things in that trailer. That's just Superman's mm. in his black suit now where he was in his blue suit in the theatrical trailer. And, you know, yeah. it's not purple skies it's dark skies so it's gritty again do you know what i though, just I, think... I worry that there's not a lot is gonna even though it's four hours there's gonna be you'll get more cyborg cyborg backstory you get more of the demon stuff but the end result it will feel very similar not frustrated because it's all muddled together but i'm just worried that i'm gonna come out and think that mm. was not worth the weight but you're right in the terms of that to get a conclusion and to, for Snyder to finally wrap up his story with it and so he can move on with it and what all the fans want to see it then I just I, I'm just not expecting big things but I want to I mm. really want it to work out well I can I can tag in on the like the the lack of expectation though massively because I think what doesn't help its case is that it is essentially it's not hopefully not going to be the same because that's mad but it's it's essentially a re-release of a film so the trailer does not have the initial buzz anymore like and and i remember it's not like you're watching a trailer for the first time at all because you're right i think a lot of the things you see in the trailer are kind of you're like yeah i've seen this i know where this is going and you're kind of given uh 
like the new version of something you already saw. So like you're saying with the like dark side instead of Steppenwolf, uh, Steppenwolf you're like, yep, stin it. Cause you, cause you actually have. So I think what the, the problem with Justice League is if that hadn't existed and this Snyder Cut had been the first one, you'd have watched the trailer and be like, Oh my God! Straight yeah, up dark side. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? And you've, you've. I think the, the annoying thing is you've. Everyone has been kind of robbed of the, the first viewing, yeah. kind of thing, because yeah. uh, the excitement of seeing something for the first time, j- j- isn't actually there, and it won't be until until you watch it. Because we'll be us, especially us three, having seen both, we're all going to be watching it from the same standpoint of we're we're trying to see what is new. So all the good bits which we saw. Well, the were Zack Snyder's work in uh, from Justice League won't impress us because we've we've already seen them, right? Yeah. So I think it it hang our our experience will hang massively on uh, the additional stuff we haven't seen. So anything trailer wise, I think it does fall a bit short. That that's just either a refresh of the initial material or is material you've already seen because we're like, yep, seen it. I, um, I think as well with the trailer. I think part of the reason that my excitement for it is like, because I completely get what you mean that in the trailer, it's, it's really similar to the Comic-Con trailer. There isn't a lot there that you kind of go like, that's different. I took the trailer as, as more like a subtle kind of, here's all the things that you've been saying were wrong with the theatrical cut. Here's the Steppenwolf design. Here's the dark side bit. Here's the red skies here's these things presented to you correctly in a trailer. So it's like, as opposed to me showing you all the, like the two and a half hours of footage that you haven't seen, I just want to let you know that I'm making the thing that you've been asking for. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. so much kind of going like, I'm going to present you a new trailer for a film that you're going to go, what the fuck? That, that's two and a half hours of like new footage. I'm just going to present you the trailer that's going to go, oh, okay, they're on track to make the film that I've been asking for. Because, I mean, the trailer was released at Fandome. The whole thing is about fans. So that trailer, to me, very much feels like a fan-oriented trailer. I mean, the whole Snyder Cut is a fan project, really, but but it the trailer very much feels like that. Like, when I watched it again, when they re-released it, it still feels like that. It still feels like they're hanging on to the moments that people have gone, like, where's dark side or like where's the black Mm. suit it it highlights all of those moments to give you those moments so you can go like oh there's something there i do wonder whether i think what it hangs on is the next proper trailer like whenever they give it a date i think the next trailer a lot hangs on that yeah i I think you're right i think for me that i'm saying here that i don't want to get sucked in by trailers again but i think (laughs) the the reveal date trailer for me is what's going to either put me on track to be like i cannot wait to watch this as compared to now where i think yeah i'm i really want it to be like signed off on and done and dusted because i'm i'm obviously yeah. i mean you say about how how much you love the batman super film obviously any good film if you're still talking about it a few years later even if it's something you're into then it's, it's had some impact hasn't it in yeah. your in seeing it so critics and stuff you can look at rotten tomatoes and see that it's 30 percent or whatever it is but it's it's obviously something there, isn't there? I yeah, I I'm just I'm pretty excited. We don't. Would you watch it as? That's what I was going to ask you. Would you watch it all in one go and wait for all four to come out, or are you going to watch it as in its installments? 
because I can't wait, I'll watch it in installments. But <laughs> I will. It's like a it's like a comic book, isn't it? In that this is very much like a comic book. In that you read it's a four part mini series, so you either read the singles and then you read the whole graphic novel, or you just wait for the graphic novel. Um, I'm going to wait for the graphic novel. Oof, big. Mm. Uh, how are they doing it like weekly then or they haven't said it's just oh, four chapters okay. so they could launch yeah. four chapters at the same yeah. time like netflix it yeah. comes later but i think they'll they'll spread it out i think they'll spread it out i think they'll do they'll say it's the first of the month of something and then it'll be f- for the next four weeks it'll be a huge because the i mean it depends that's the other worry isn't it is it all about money? Is as Zach and I said, this all got off, and they're like, "Yeah, it's all right." But here we go. Let's spread out over four months. We get a bunch of new subscribers because you got to remember, yeah. if they do it as four parts as well, if they release one bit a month, then people are going to have to subscribe for four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they do it for a month, then they might sign up for the free trial, and then they don't get any money. It's there's yeah, you're right. There's some uh, bonuses to it. It's like with something like His Dark Materials. Now, like the first episode's out now. We don't subscribe to HBO Nordic at the moment, but we've learned just to wait until it's all there and we can watch it because that and Lovecraft Country, we they're the two things we're going to watch. But if it's all out, we could just watch it in one go. That's what I did with Watchmen. But if they spread it out so much, you've got no choice but to either wait four months or five months effectively to get it all. So yeah, there is, there's a little bit of me. That's probably why I'm sceptical as well because I do think there's that it could just be random chunks of things put together, but then the all the actors and stuff saying how hard they worked on it makes me feel slightly confident that there's something there. So, Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the big thing that I hold on to is that there, feels, there seems to be a sense of like everybody who was on the production crew and who's talked about it in the years since the theatrical one came out and the cast and obviously Zach and stuff, everybody who seems to have talked about it talks about it as this like labor of love that it's, they all invested something into making it. And what came out wasn't even 10% of what they'd worked really hard on. And so you kind of think like if everybody is that excited about it and that passionate about it, there's got to be like, it has to work. It can't not work. And I think, I think as well, when something's a passion project, it is, it's kind of like you can tell the difference, can't you? Like yeah. if you, if you look at something that's, that's a, like a, a profit project, if you will, like they're doing it because they know it's popular and they make money. It's 50, 50, whether it will land. But I think when every, if you manage to convince a load of people who are talented to help you out on something that you're working on, that you think has potential and they all are invested in it and believe it is, as good as as you've promoted it to them and they're all happy to work on it everyone's been on board and like it's been a group effort it just makes every everything's instantly much improved if everyone's as invested in it as everyone else and this yeah. is definitely a project led by like personal investments so i feel like it, it is like it it would not it would be wrong in my mind if it wasn't any good do you know what i mean yeah, I, so, I think that's i think there's just from the people involved i think there's i think they know they have something and i think it's twofold in terms of the cynicism and the optimism in that i think hbo max are very clever to to have put it out this way and that they're like we don't have a lot of content that's new 
because a lot of the content on HBO Max is just HBO. So this is an exclusive HBO Max product. Yep. And this is a big selling point. Like if we get this good or bad, people are going to watch it because people are just curious. So there's a lot of that. But then the optimist in me, it goes that if you've liked Men of Steel and if you've liked the extended cut of Batman vs Superman, you've liked what Zack's presented with these characters. You've liked the vision that he's got. And so what you get next, you sort of have the optimism and the faith to go, he's carried that plot line through. Like it's not going to be a different director. It's not a different writer. This thing hasn't gone through focus groups. It's not gone through anybody but him. It's just purely filtered by Zack. And so I, I, I think it, it is a tough balance of kind of going do I get overly hyped about it because I'm optimistic or do I just lean into the cynicism of it and go like this thing could just be, you know, an in-betweener kind of thing that's just, is going to come out and it will go cool. That was fine. Was what it was. At least I know now, but I don't know. It's, t- it's one thing, tough. One thing I'm hugely, hugely amped for is the fact that he's brought back Junkie XL to redo the score oh my god yeah. um danny elfman on sorry to cut like yeah I, no, I know exactly i can't what remember <laughs> anything from that score like if somebody played that to me and said this is danny elfman i legit wouldn't have known there's nothing it's crazy it right isn't it because danny elfman i i love danny elfman and i think like the theme he did for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man film. That's my favourite Spider-Man theme. Like, I'm not going to say favourite Spider-Man film, because that would be a lie. Amazing but the, 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 that, that, Danny El- <laughs> that Danny Elfman score is amazing. Like, it's so good. And like, when they said Danny Elfman was doing Justice League, I was like, oh, do you know what? Like, that could be great. And I was like, uh, Hans Zimmer was like a... Was that, did he leave doing films or superhero films or something yeah, sort at of, one point? I think he dropped in superhero films. Backed out a bit. And yeah. But then so it was like he, yeah. sure. So it was like, he's going. And I was like, that's a shame. And then when they said they're bringing Dan Elf, I was like, oh, that's great. Because if he smashes out a Justice League song, uh, song, <laughs> theme, song. that's has <laughs> got singing it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like Ben Affleck is leading a solo. <laughs> But if he'd done something which was as good as the uh, theme he did for the Spider-Man films, and it was like Justice League, I was like, that could be incredible. And I thought he would pay more respect to the stuff that Zack and, Han- and Hans Zimmer had put in place for like Wonder Woman and things like that. I thought there'd be more of that, which there was not. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah, I'm... when they said Junkie XL's back. Yeah, I um sorry. I, what I meant to say there was that I think Hans Zimmer left before they started making Justice League. And so right. it was just Junkie XL. Uh-huh. And then Junkie XL wrote basically the whole score for Justice right. League. I'm with you. Then Whedon came on, and because they were changing the tone, they sacked Junkie XL right, yeah, yeah. and put Elfman. in Elfman. Oh, shit. Okay. And so Fuck Junkie us. XL, I saw a thing with him recently, I think for Fandome, where he talked, he like played a little bit of the, the score and talked about it. And it was very much like, you get the impression that he was like, yeah, I had, I had the whole film written, like I've got mm. everything, so I didn't really have to do a lot. But he said the yeah. approach to it is just a case of going back and kind of the things you've learned over the last few years, you now implement on an older score. Um, yeah. But I think that also shows that I know for a long time there was this big chat about whether the Snyder Cut existed, was it a real thing, or was it just some 
fantasy. I think the fact that Junkie mm. XL had the whole score written shows that there was a film because I'm pretty yeah like it's super rare for a composer to write a score like a whole score without the film being presented as like a full cut um yeah no material and just made a score yeah yeah like it's really rare like that's like joker level like and that's yeah it's a big thing but yeah huge but yeah so i always kind of held on to that that was like well if the composer is saying that i wrote a score like i've got it Mm. how can you kind of argue there isn't a film because yeah yeah so I, i think you're right there that the score will be a big difference because again that sets the tone and to kind of bring this around a little bit and to, to wrap it up, the thing that I'm excited about the most is the opening scene. Because as we've said, like all three of us have said it, that the opening scene of these films has really set the bar. That Man of Steel was this like big opener. You're just like, fuck, that's Krypton. Batman vs Superman is, you know, all about like Bruce's interpretation of that. And I'm pretty sure this could be a rumor and... I might have read it somewhere just when I was on a Zack Snyder binge, but I'm pretty sure I read someone say the opening of the Snyder cut, Zack said it's, it's Superman's death, but from Bruce's perspective. So it's like Bruce. Perfect. Yeah. That is the opening. Like it's way better than the opening of the theatrical cut with Superman being like, uh, asked, asked a question on a phone and it just looks shit and it, it's like i don't know what you're trying to convey here and it it feels like everything is lined up for it to work but there is this kind of feeling of like they've stabbed me in the back before yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of don't know um, i feel more optimistic after this talk on this podcast i feel a little bit more optimistic good. things are going to be okay with the uh our thoughts on the whole thing i just i really just I don't know. Like you said with like Shazam and stuff, I, I quite enjoyed Shazam. I didn't I like Shazam. Aquaman. I enjoyed Wonder Woman. But this for me is probably going to make or break my connection to the DCU. Is it, I mean, I'll always go and see them. I'll always watch Shazam 2. I'll probably watch Aquaman 2, even put myself through that. Just because <laughs> I, want, I always want to see these superhero films. But I don't think I would trust... I don't think I'd trust the DCU films if this is just a complete mess as well, because it's just, if it's just a money grab, which I don't think it is, but if it ends up being like that and everyone just comes out of it feeling just so let down, then I'll be done. I think I I definitely think critically, I don't think it's going to work. No, I think it's going to get panned by critics, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I imagine it's, again, you say like the Rotten Tomato thing, if it's a 14% on critics, but it's 97% fans. Um, yeah, I think the critics are going to hate it for like two reasons. I think there's going to be, firstly, it's going to continue that same dark brooding. It's not really a, a happy film. I think it's going to be somber as fuck, especially considering Superman is dead and he comes back alive. Like, But that's... That Already. depends on if the critics are like, that oh, was a lot better than the fucking Justice League theatrical cut. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how Do you well know what, I feel like critics, critics are going to hate it because if they are proven wrong, like 
anyone who's proven wrong about anything 90% of the time who's opinionated will instantly just be like, I hate it. Even if, like, so it comes out and it's the sickest film ever, right? Like, and I'm not saying it will be, but say, say it comes out and everyone's like, that is the definitive superhero film. Critics who, in the build-up to it, have been like, Justice League was shit. It's going to be shit because it's Zack Snyder. His other material is shit. It's all depressing. It's shit. It's not going to happen. It, like, those people will be pissed off that A, it has happened. So they'll be, they'll be winding up to like rip the shit out of it. And when it's good, it will just aggravate them more. So I think, I think definitely critically, unfortunately, it's, it's already ready to take a battery. But I feel like it's, like you say, it's a film made, like a lot of the cast said, for the fans. So I think if, if I came out of the film and I was like, that was amazing. Even if the internet and everyone else in the universe thought it was shit, I would be happy because I'd be like, Do you know what? I feel like it, it, I'm, I'm in it for the crescendo, if you know what I mean. And if it like if it goes out with a bang, like it's like it's meant to have done, as, as it as it feels like a the whole film feels like a myth that's that's coming to life. So if that, I'm sweet with it, even if everyone else hates it. But yeah, fuck the critics, right? Like, screw them. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> critics. Flat out. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> All of you critics out there listening to this podcast. Anyone who hates this podcast, anyone who hates Zack Snyder, just stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Take a look at yourself. <laughs> it's not big. It's not clever. Yeah, we all no love one Jack cares Jack what you think. Joker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do, right? I know. I mean, wait. Oh, <laughs> do you? Hey, it's all right. <laughs> oh, man. That is one thing that is like we didn't quite touch on, but we'll touch on it now just briefly before we go. But Zach's already said he's got like a completely different look, that he's like road weary. Um, mm. Which nightmare, if, surely. In my head is like that is the nightmare joker. Um, mm. First of all, Jared Latt is the first person to ever play the Joker twice in a live action film. Wow. said this it's yeah. huge yeah big. that alone is whether you like them or not that's that's actually mental like yeah. i i remember hearing Crazy. this like don't get me wrong i think the the staple of all jokerisms is 100 percent mark hamill um yeah and he's voice acted the joker voice acted joker for donkey's years and he's literally gold standard like if you want a comic accurate yeah like living breathing version of the joker i think it's mark hamill so yeah. respect to you my man but i think like for no one to have reprised the role of the joker is like insane because yeah. there's there's i i don't have anything against any of the jokers that have been presented to me literally i love them all because i think the character of the joker is so obscure every interpretation of it is valid like if you're making a film about an insane person anyone who goes Oh, he wouldn't do that. It's like, well, he's insane. So, like, I think all interpretations are valid from, like, Cesar Romero all the way up to, like, Joaquin Phoenix. They're all great. I love, I literally love all of them. And I can, I can take parts of every single one and mash it and be like, yep, yeah, they are, they're great. I love it. It's, it's the Joker. They're, they're all, like, an essential part of the character. But for, for no one to have done it twice is, like, Crazy. live action yeah. is wild. Bong. So I think it's great that they've finally done it. And I think Leto is a good choice for it because he's another person with the whole reshoot culture and all that that's going on That's I think has suffered from it, whether or not people like yeah. the role. There was, there was very little of him, and apparently a lot was filmed. So 
I think for him to be brought into this, even if it's you know a to- uh, like a one scene thing, like a nightmare sequence, I'm super up for it. And if they change the look, all the better because I I love the original look as well. I like the original look. As um, well. Yeah, I thought it was different. Like that's what I love about it. Like I said, none of the jokers have been the same, and I think it's nice to have like extremes of the character and this the last the joke the letter one is like a creepy uh, Marilyn Manson gangster mashup and I'm like I love it like that's brilliant I remember the first image coming out and I was like that's fucking amazing I was like I don't like I think I, I remember looking at me like that is going to offend people and it's loud <laughs> and like I was like that is the point of the joker he's not people made a big thing about him being like he's become like a pop culture icon so people who have and I remember Heath Ledger massively nailed this is that like everyone's everyone has like a go-to Joker whereas I think I've been more of like a I just appreciate the Joker so slap me him in any attire doing any crazy shit and I'm in like if, if Jared Letters Joker showed up in a fucking gimp suit A1 <laughs> I'd be like that's outrageous I love it so like I'm, I'm fully down and if they, and I'd love to see what Zach does with with Leto Joker too. I think that's that's destined to be right up my street, yeah. purely on the premise that I will just I will just open my mouth for any of that material. Like I'm, I'm in, hundred percent. Strong, strong, strong words. Power. Strong words. <laughs> yeah. Um, more can be said. Fingers crossed, for guys. Those. We are doing a yeah. podcast in the future, talking about the Snyder Cut and how amazing it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Fingers crossed. Yeah. That was good. Hope everyone enjoyed listening to it. The next podcast that we're going to do is going to be the first volume of our Star Wars podcast, which is going to focus on the original trilogy. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Harry, for joining us. Oh no, thanks for having me. I wish you ever continued success with this endeavor. Is I love listening to it, and I just feel very sad that I can't talk back to you most of the time. So this has been, this has been fun. Cheers, well, for, we'll cheers for getting you, me in. When we do a Joker podcast, we'll invite you on. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be you guys like, now sit down. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we got? <laughs> you guys will interject. I'd be like, no, 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 I, I haven't finished. <laughs> oh, so much material. <laughs> All right. Well, take care then, you guys. You too, dude. Yeah, take it easy. All right, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.